tonight. And uh, we're going to visit this place, which looks fantastic wow, in the twilight. Nice. Look at that there. Mm -hmm. That looks like a shrine. That looks like knock. We, should, we we could go there and pray. You think miracles will, will happen down there? But put it like this, to be fair, after everything that's happened, it is a kind of miracle that it's there, but uh, we'll bring on James. <laughs> there he is. Evening. Good evening. evening. Hiya. After all, all the everything, we're actually here, and uh, you kept it exciting. Yes, <laughs> kept everybody on the, on the edge of their on the edge of their seat. I was going to say on the edge of their toes there. <laughs> that, does, that wouldn't be right. No, we're joined by James Doherty of Sleeve League, Silky, or Dra, whatever way we want to describe it. Um, and this week was an exciting week for you, James. Tell us why. Well, we've, we we ran the first the wash stills for the first time, and we'll be running the intermediate stills tomorrow for the first time, and we'll have spirit on Wednesday. So, <laughs> just yeah, Justin just blasted our eardrums. I've heard, heard headphones. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, cheers, um, Justin. You just deafened me. I know, but that was quite a moment. Just uh, it's been a long time coming, so it's uh, uh, yeah, relief and excitement kind of mixed together, really. I'm sure it was. I'm sure there probably was probably a few um, dusty eyes about the place. I would have thought, you know, oh, I've got a bit of dust in the eye there. Yeah. Well, actually, we we did the we had a ceremony around the filling of the mash. Uh, well, the cooker because we don't have a mash tun, so we had all of the family there for that and and had toasted the the, the full the mash going in, and we all threw a glass of whiskey in uh, and sort of toasted absent friends. So there was that was a pretty emotional moment. Yeah. This one was just. A bit of a smile and yeah, job yeah. done. I'm sure it was. I'm sure you must have been absolutely delighted. Yeah. Now we need a bit of background, okay? How did where how and where did you get into whiskey originally? So interesting, actually. You were talking about water earlier because I'm a water engineer and um, I'd been out in Africa for years, but came back to the UK from Malawi and just targeted a whole load of food and drink companies in the late 90s and um uh, and got a break with William Grant and Sons actually so they took me on uh they want they actually advertised for a bloke who had European languages sales experience and knew the drinks trade and I, I was a tea farmer from Africa with two two African languages so um they took a big punt on me really uh and and I worked through grants for about 14 years in various sales and marketing roles and um uh, ended up on the board for a while uh, and to the point actually when Tullamore Jew was, bo was bought. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I left just about a year after Tullamore was bought and, and joined Peroni. Uh, or a Sab actually, I joined Foster's, but Foster's then immediately got taken over by Sab Miller, uh, the owners of Peroni, and they sent me out to Asia, to Hong Kong, to, uh, to open up Asia really for them for Peroni, which was hardly the toughest job in the world. <laughs> and... Um, but we did a couple of years of that, but had quite quickly realized that the corporate thing was done for me. And and both Maureen and I, Maureen had an idea for gin, and I, I wanted to bring back sort of smoky Irish whiskey. So we really spent a couple of years maxing out bonus schemes, um, which paid <laughs> for the gin still. And and so, yeah, that's, I suppose we come back with this idea of reclaiming the distilling heritage of Dundee Gall, trying to bring back that Ulster style of smoky Irish whiskey. And we also make savory maritime gin. Yeah. Uh, and, we've, and we've got a few a few other things in the pipeline that 
if we ever get some time and, <laughs> and a bit of money, we might actually make as well. But the, the real focus now is getting is really focused on getting that whiskey distillery now, get the recipes right, get it really pumping. Yeah. Now, you say you were working for grants, but you, yeah. you, you have a family background in, in Donegal uh, and obviously and Donegal heritage of, of whiskey and pochi making. It's pretty much the same thing, really. But uh, what's, what's, what's that? Yeah, so I think it, well, I think it's pretty hard to find anyone from Donegal who hasn't got a, some sort of illicit distiller somewhere, and it's pretty well documented um, by Coffee when he was the tax inspector up here um, <laughs> that pretty much everyone was at it. So both my granddads were pochin men. I have I have granddad's my mum's dad's recipe, which we will now make that we have some space to to actually get on and make some pochin. Um, so. Yeah, and, and the fact that there's kind of no, there was when we came back, no sort of legitimate distilling presence in Donegal yeah. kind of seemed completely alien to us. So um, it's it's kind of in the blood or, or in the soul anyway. Yeah. That's, I mean, I've, I have a couple of books about Donegal poutine making and, you know, that rich heritage of it. Um, these days there's that sort of separation between whiskey and poutine, but back in the day, there was, I mean, there, there just wasn't, you know. No. Absolutely. And, and I think actually, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting that the technical file is being looked at from a whiskey perspective to make it historically accurate, mm-hmm. as opposed to just modern tradition, traditionally accurate. And I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. And I think it's only, you know, it'll happen for Pochine too, so that you kind of define Pochine more by what it is, or was, than, yeah. what, than what it isn't. Um, which at <laughs> the moment is kind of what it's, it's kind of trying to pull the two categories apart. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a bit of work to do to make sure you kind of align all the forces to get to get any changes through. But I think it's a really good thing to do, and <clears throat> and I think it's interesting to see what what can be done with the pochin category because you know the industry, the Irish whiskey industry, uh, and pochin to some extent is is at, at once sort of supremely old and traditional, and also extremely young and and kind of gangly teenager yeah, almost. It is. I mean, it surprises me that that. People have this idea that Irish whiskey has all this heritage and it's all carried on, but as you, as we all know, reached a pinch point where it almost totally disappeared, yeah. and and now, in some in some ways, it's trying to recapture that old heritage and bring it on. And there's some people doing it really, really well, and some people mm, not so much. But yeah, I think there's some interesting challenges out there when you look at all yeah. of us. We're, we're all kind of chasing around, hoping to make sure that we don't run out of money more than anything else. But um, <laughs> You know, you know, there's different ways of doing it. There's the, oh, there's the beautiful stills. Um, it, you know, how do you, you know, for us, it's about the, what what we're calling the pursuit of peated perfection. So it's just about smoky Irish whiskey. I'm not, we're not making any unpeated whiskeys, and and so we'll only make one component of the silky. So we'll continue to source silky forever, um, mm-hmm. apart from the peated elements. And and I think you know, the, it's it is an interesting kind of time now where for. Th- for 40 or 50 years everyone's been told that irish whiskey is the the, the smooth sweet easy one um, yeah. uh, and actually now it's the sort of premium super premium rich and differentiated one and and, and all of us trying to find a, a way of winning in that space you know and yeah. for us that's a kind of very distinctive donegal style which will you know hopefully means we only have to resonate with a smaller group to be successful yeah know, liked by one in a thousand maybe <laughs> I, th- I think you'll find us likely more than one in a thousand to be honest um, now you came up with the idea come on 
Donegal, back to Donegal, because I mean, you you spent an awful lot of time there as a as a kid. You, I mean, you, yeah, you might obviously speak with a, a, a an English accent. So yeah, you were born over there, correct? You were born yeah, that's right. Yeah, I grew up in in. He's in English. Rome. He's English. He's, <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's British. I don't think you could class anyone with my bloodline to be English. But, <laughs> okay. but, um, but, but actually, it took me coming back to Ireland to realise I wasn't Irish. So I'm not sure what I am really. But, um, but the Anglo-Irish, Anglo-Irish. Yeah, the, 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 um, I think our my upbringing was very a fairly typical kind of first generation Irish kid. Yeah. You know, come back, live like a feral kid on a farm for eight weeks. Um, you know, ripping around tractors, uh, messing about fishing in rivers and dibbling in the sea and what have you, and um, and so I have very, very rose-tinted pe- spectacles when I think yeah. about the area. And, and pr- that's probably been one of the reasons for us kind of sticking at it because, you know, it, it hasn't been the easiest run for us. We've had, you know, we've had a lot of roadblocks put in the way. Mm-hmm. My finance director, when we started, said this will take you twice as long and cost you twice as much as you think. And, and I laughed at him at the time, but by God, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um um but it, i think helping it helps to be an outsider <clears throat> to have a little bit of a kind of dispassionate view on what works and what doesn't work and what resonates and and how you can bring that alive in an interesting way hopefully and and that's really i suppose where silky is at at the moment is trying to trying to do something distinctively donegal but maybe accessible and and um kind of bringing a, a safe level of challenge which will hopefully yeah. challenge a bit more and take it a bit further on with the distillery in our no, now originally I have to I have to ask you about this. Originally, mm. it was to be in the Sleeve League Distillery, and it was to be in a different location than it's ended up. That's right. So um, that's the wash still, by the way, Marty. There with the offset neck. So, um, but um, sorry, I just I, I, <laughs> I drew that on a napkin with Richard Forsyth, and um, and I'm kind of well, chuffed. Well, so, we'll get but, to that. Yes, we'll get to that reason. We'll get to so, the reason for this. But the um, yeah, we had we had a a site in Carrick, which is where the gin distillery is at the moment. So we have a field of, of we actually own the field now, but it's called the ball field, a 20 acre site. We had planning permission on it. Um, and then just as we were about to complete on the deal, a local farmer, um, what was, who was squatting on the land essentially, but then decided to take out a high court injunction against me and the landowner, um, purely to sort of a spurious legal case to try and delay everything or, or get some money um once he mentioned money i said i'll see you in court so we, we we off we went to the high court with lots of actions going around but it just took too long so whilst we were wading through this spurious legal action we then found another site in our draw went through planning got planning um and 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 that's where we are so we've got that site um and, and literally it's 50 51 weeks ago, you know, we started uh, putting piles down and lots of people on Twitter yeah. had great fun talking about my piles and, <laughs> and, and you know, we're, we're distilling already. So um, it's unfortunate, you know, I think rural Ireland and land is always a problematic thing. Yeah. And I think actually me being related, I think it might have been easier if I was, I don't know, German and was coming back to do it and didn't have any tie to the area. It might have been easier, actually. Now, I, th- I think the thing about it is you have to remember rural Irish people uh, they measure each other in how much land they have. Land's the only thing they're interested in. You see two farmers appear, and you see them sort of sizing each other up to figure out how much land. So it's it's unbelievably important to people. It, it, it's beyond reason, and so. Um, but I mean, ultimately, we won the court case, so we own the site, and we we have the planning commission. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. I suppose kind of a, 
there's a bit of an I told you so in it, but there's also an amazing frustration. So Ask him, does he want to buy it? <laughs> yeah, yours for half a million if you want to sign. Oh, I know, bro. Uh, yeah. And legal fees as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you got the site in our draft. Yeah. And, and a year ago. Now, you did some crowdfunding, which yes. went quite well for you. Yes, absolutely. Astonishingly well. Um, you, you know, the, I mean, the thing is that any of the guys that are doing what we're doing, you know, it takes 10 million to build a distillery of that size. You know, it's a half a million litres, so, you know, 3,000 barrels a year or whatever. Um, and we had kind of done it, all of our fundraising around sort of friends, family, fanatics, if you like, trying to do it, trying not to have any institutional money in the business if we could avoid yeah. it. And the crowdfund was the kind of the last of those steps you know we'd exhausted our friends we'd exhausted our family and um and so we kind of were on to the fanatics and you know we went live with looking for a hundred looking for a million and we got 2.3 and in in reality <laughs> yeah i mean raising 2.3 million in covid was pretty special it's incredible it was but, incredible but to be honest if we hadn't got as much as we got we probably could have built the distillery but struggled to run it <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, it's made a lot of a huge difference, and and now we move into the cask scheme, and we'll probably go crowdfunding again next year sometime. Well, the thing about it is that uh, the vote of confidence that must have been for you and, and Moira and and the whole project. I mean, the, you had yeah. it to huge, huge vote of confidence, and it, it, yeah, and, and the funny thing as well is it kind of forced us to. Uh, I, I know Jarlath, um up at Ecklandville sort of said said to me one day, he said, "I love the way you tell the story." And, and what's really interesting is that crowdfund was forced us to do it, you know, forced <laughs> us to really be clear about who we were. And also you kind of had to stick your head above the, um, the parapet and, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't go into that half-assed or half, yeah. half-hearted. You had to really go at it hard. And we did that. Um, and it would have been a very public fail if it didn't go right, but it did go right. So, you know, um, we found our voice and yeah, all the better for it really. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was the biggest food and drink crowdfunder uh, in Europe or something. No, it was the third biggest in the UK and the fifth biggest in Europe. I mean, I mean that's, yeah. that's incredible. Huge vote of confidence. Yeah. Now you've got you've got your money. You've got your site. Yeah. You've got um, an idea and a vision in your head. Yeah. So the offset stills. Explain these. Why you said uh, threw them in a napkin. Why did you draw them on a napkin and how did you come well, up with Well, actually, I drew them, that wash still was drawn on a napkin after um, over dinner with Richard Senior, Richard Forsyth Senior. Um, he came out to look at the original site and we had dinner with him afterwards. And he just he looked at the valley that we were going to put it in and he said, do you know what, if this was Scotland, there'd be three or four distilleries in this valley. And I, and I kind of went, yeah, um, but, you know. Don't be telling of, anybody. Yeah, don't tell anyone else that. But, um, Nick, Nick telling anybody, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> But we wanted to do um, our take on the Ulster style. So Ulster was always peated. I'm not not really interested in what Bushmill tells about the Ulster style anymore. <laughs> but but you know everybody knows that that's what it was, and so we wanted to bring that back. That's also true to the local spirits and how they were, yeah. and and then we wanted, unlike the sort of I suppose the Ulster style, which was double distilled, we wanted to do triple distilling. So so you've got three stills, uh, a ten thousand liter wash still, a five thousand liter intermediate and a three six three thousand six hundred spirit still and i when i was doing the research on irish whiskey and how it was doing there was this thing about offset necks and how they were the stills got so big that they'd move the necks off to the side so that they could drive a rummager 
to stop the gas-fired um, stills getting caked on at the bottom. And and it's no one does it anymore. And I kind of thought, geez, wouldn't it be fun to kind of bring back something like that and see what it ha- you know, see what it does? And when Richard, was, I drew it on the napkin and said, "That's what I want." Um, because he said, well, I made one for Tullamore. And I went, yeah, I know, but it's ugly. So I don't want an ugly <laughs> one. I want a good looking one. And so I drew it and he said, oh, he says, that'll give you loads of reflux. That'll do this. That'll do that. He says, I'd love to make that for you. So I went, okay, well, let's, let's kind of pencil that in and see if we can do it. So yeah, that's, that's where we are. Now, anyone who doesn't know what a rummager is, it's basically uh, normally a chain or something on the bottom, basically to stop uh, any solids that we get through sticking through the bottom of the, uh, the still and causing you know the, the the acrid taste you know burning on the bottom of the still, so yeah. that would have co- that would have come down through the center of the still, so the 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 the, the neck would be offset, so that the, the you could put the drive the spirit, shaft there, yeah. You put the drive shaft down through it, to, yeah, so that you run the rummager. So now it's, you've got go on. four sides. Four sides are making the still, so four sides have made the stills, yeah, uh, bringing them across. They've done the apart. whole thing actually, Marty. It's a full turnkey, which is. Ah. Um, but partly because I, I suppose we haven't got uh, or hadn't didn't have a master distiller on board like a Noel Sweeney or a or whatever you know in that we didn't have one of those guys on the team from the get go. Partly mm-hmm. because I'm an engineer by training and know a, a bit but not enough, and um, and so we needed someone that was going to hold our hands through it. Yeah. And also, I think because when you're raising money, having someone like Forsyth making the stills kind of un- underwrites it a little bit. Mm. James, do you yeah. think that helped you that they just come and said, listen, here's a fantastic uh, piece of engineering. This will make good whiskey no matter what. Yeah, well, that, and I think yes. And, and also, you know, like we're commissioning at the moment. And so things things have gone wrong, you know, so the mill didn't cut it up. You know, we didn't we didn't mill the barley, the malt fine enough the first one and it clogged up the heat exchangers. And, um, <laughs> and we've got lots of heat exchangers because we're trying to do as much heat recovery to your kind of carbon footprint piece at the beginning. Yeah. And um if you weren't, if you have a facade, you can turn around and say, "Dudes, you know, this is yours. You need to sort this." And um, that's a much more comfortable position than <laughs> trying to work out who's the who owned the heat exchangers and and which yeah. bit of pipe is belonging to which piece of the which which engineering firm. So, so they've given us an, a full turnkey from mill in, from grain intake right the way through to the stills. But it's all based on the philosophy of an illicit distiller. So it's all grains in. Um, so like Woodford Reserve would do, um, I think uh, Ecklenville's does it, I think as well. I think they filter some of theirs, but not all of it. Um, and it, 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 I wanted a sort of system that if if Granddad arrived tomorrow, he'd recognise it on an industrial <laughs> scale. So uh, <laughs> I, can, I can see it with a wee pipe out the back. You'll fill that up there. <laughs> well, to be honest, I think the revenue think we have got that. But, um, uh, you know, and it'll give us. It'll hopefully it'll give us some some richer, oilier flavours that you get out of the husks. You also mm-hmm. tend to get a bit more citrusy notes. So it should be um, there should be some really interesting liquids that come out of this. Yeah. Uh, now you're going for this lots of reflux. Now you say you're triple distilling, not double. Yeah, so I've got the, we've got the flexibility to do both, and mm-hmm. um, and, and essentially I want to make a, a, a sort of very refined version uh, of of a peated of a smoky Irish whiskey, triple distilled for our draw, and and I'm undecided yet as to whether we'll make something for Sleeve League which would be uh, bigger, more robust, and you know peated sort of not quite optimal levels but certainly kind of really frightening people and whether that's then triple double or triple distilled we'll decide 
a bit nearer yeah, the time. We'll see what we can we'll see what we make and see what it looks like. I think you'll go double. I think double's probably in your heart of hearts. You're probably going to go double. Let's be honest. Well, the stills are really short, Marty. So we've got <laughs> so they 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 probably will only create a two and two and three quarters times anyway. So mm. yeah, but yeah. we'll bring you down. You can have a bit of a taste and we can no work problem. it out together. Right. Right, Justin, you're driving. Right, okay, we've got that sort of... Hear that? <laughs> I heard it, I heard it, yeah. It's a Mark's question, yeah, I've tasted the spirit from the wash. Uh, not, well, I've tasted the wash as it um, when it went through the first still. Um, the peat was beautiful, um, came out really su- much sweeter than we were expecting. Um, and, yeah, the next... What we do tomorrow will probably give us a best indication of what the spirit's going to be like. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, but, yeah so, in terms of... Uh, that's Graham, the master, our distiller, actually. So he's just joined us. He came over from Canada, uh, Graham Bell. So he's done some. He worked with Diageo up at Mortlock, um, and he's been with, on the commissioning of Bullet in in Kentucky, and he's been with a, a smaller distillery in uh, Canada and Hamilton, Canada, for a few years. Yeah, well, put like this: if he was at Mortlock, I love Mortlock. I think it's, I think it's awesome. It's awesome. It's so, it's so almost overlooked. Yeah, uh, Mortlock's a superb whiskey. If you, anybody watching this, you haven't tried Mortlock, get a bottle because it's as it fantastic. I have about four bottles sitting <laughs> up here. Um, yeah, so you've got in terms of capacity. Yeah. Um, you, you said was it? What did you say? Um, so it's half is? a million liters on two shifts. So, um, but we've we've got space within the building to put in a third set of fermenters. I just don't have the money for them right now. So um, yeah. the, the gin still is actually moving out of the the site in Carrick to to move up to our draw because we have um uh we run out of space for bottling silky um so we've we've just need the space down there so um so it's coming up and then next year we'll build the gin building we'll move the gin still across we'll put three more fermenters in and then hopefully go to triple dist- uh, to trip three shifts so 24 7. um mm-hmm. the spirits still in the what and the intermediate you can see the, the the intermediates in the center of that screen they're they're kind of um, inspired by Macallan in terms of the way their stills look, so mm-hmm. um, the sort of curves are more similar to the wash still, but the the actual kind of dimensions of the pot are Macallan. Yeah. Now you mentioned the gin. You've mentioned the gin a few times. Yeah. It's, in some ways, the whiskey world sort of overlooks that. But you, I, I've heard you been interviewed before, and you always you take. I mean, you take a great level of pride in what your wife has done as well. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> probably because she's a better distiller of gin than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, yeah, I suppose that the, you look at the gin, and, and I think people, there's a lot of people that kind of think you make gin because it's something to do whilst you're waiting for, you know, waiting for whiskey to mature, and it's cash that comes in. The, but the reality is the industry, the gin world is so competitive that actually it's not a profitable thing straight off the bat. And, and also, if you make a gin that is kind of run-of-the-mill, then it doesn't work anyway. So... You know, our gin is is incredibly savoury. You know, Andulaman Irish Maritime Gin, five seaweeds. Um, we were actually picking one of them this week because it's a full moon, and we only pick on a low tide of a full moon. Um, but we use it one. Because that's a bit mystical, James. Is it not? Is that that's a bit mystical? You, well, you'll be, you know, you'll be jack o' lantern as well. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, jack o' lantern with dodgy knees. That's what I've got. Um, the, um, but the thing is, I suppose I think of the gin as one as a big idea on its own, and that's that means it's worthy of doing and stands on its own. But it's also technically quite complicated. It's complicated to make. It's complicated to deliver. 
and it underpins our distilling credentials rather than just something we do whilst we wait for something else to mature. Well, well, the thing about it is um, normally when you think of, of gin, the botanicals of gin, you're thinking about um, very sort of citrusy, uh, punchy, punchy flavours. Whereas seaweed, I mean, I love seaweed. I love crispy seaweed. I fry, mm. I fry um, dulls all the time as a sort of yeah, alternative yeah. bacon. and it's fabulous. Um, but it doesn't have necessarily the, the, the qualities you'd associate with the gin botanical. No, so, uh, and, it, and it's also a bugger to distill, literally. I mean, it, it's... Um, you know, the, the real challenge, and I think where Moira is particularly deft at it, is is separating out the kind of big umami, savory, richness flavors mm-hmm. from the kind of fishy, dirty flavors. Um, and and there are plenty of you know there are plenty of seaweed gins out there that kind of just are one trick ponies. Whereas ours, I would argue, is kind of deep and complex, a bit dense. It's actually probably a whiskey drinker's gin, if anything, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's. It's, you know, everything we do really has a sense of place. So, it's the, you know, for the gin, it's the Donegal Coast. Um, but it's also got a sense of time. And so the whiskies, it's about pre-prohibition whiskey and bringing that back to the world. And in the gin, we'd sort of target the Spanish Armada, a time where there wouldn't have been sweet drinks, where yeah. everything was savoury. And then kind of the bottle, you know, the bottle design kind of comes from that era as well. So hopefully that allows us to kind of be distinctive within a very crowded market i mean there's a lot of you know young distilleries out there now trying to do you know to, to do their thing yeah um, and for us that's about kind of being really focused around time and place as the sort of two things that drive us yeah now you're doing gin yep. you've already said you're going to do pot still yeah or you're going to do pot still you're going to do potching single malt as well yeah and also keep the silky up and running yep <laughs> so, so you're going to have very quickly, you know, well, say very quickly, but in, in relative terms, you're going to have a basically take all the boxes, cover all of the the um, areas. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of questions coming in to do oh, with this because Mark okay. Kerr thought, uh, does that mean there's another two special releases as each still comes online? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I haven't thought that far, Mark, and I didn't think very much about this one, and the team weren't very <laughs> pleased when I turned around and said, quick. I want to do a bottling of cast. Right. Right? But um, no, I think our ambition is always, I suppose we've always set out to say we're ambitious for more than just ourselves. And that actually what we want to create is a, an international spirits business that's based in Southwest Donegal, not a Donegal distillery. So yeah. it's always been about trying to create an international business. And, and I mean, that, that you know, for any of us, you know whether it's Blackwater or it's Short Cross or you know for any of us, it's, if we don't succeed internationally, then we're not gonna we're not gonna survive anyway. So um, that that piece of it is about having brands as well as kind of underpinned by you know brilliant technical delivery of of, of whiskey and gin, mm-hmm. um, but trying to make a portfolio of brands that play in different categories that all tell a very unique story of this this inspiring place that we live. So. <laughs> Now you touched on it. You sort of snuck up on everybody yesterday by saying, "I didn't even know." It was a friend of mine sent me a, a message. He says, yeah. you, "You know, there's there's a, a silky being released today." And I went, "No, I, I yeah. heard." And uh, he says, "No, it's been released today." It was at four o'clock or whatever it was. He said, "So I logged on and lo and behold, there it was." Um, got myself got myself a couple of bottles. Yeah. And I know I know there's plenty of guys on here that jumped on to buy them because 
We do. We, I mean, genuinely, uh, the first time I tasted, I've told you this before, the first time yeah. I tasted Silky, I was like, nah, not getting it. Yeah, you were and unconvinced, then, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, but, but it did. It just got better and better and better over a period of time. It was it was remarkable how how much it changed from when I first tasted it. Maybe I, I was different. Um, and it just got better and better and better until I, I thought to myself, this is, this is really, really good, really good. I think, do you know the funny thing is that whilst I wouldn't have, probably we weren't, when we started out, I wasn't that, blends wasn't really where my heart was at. What I kind of realized when I started playing with the guys at Great Northern particularly and, and saying, okay, well, you know, what can we do? And here's our, you know, here's a concept, here's a vision of what I want to make. And this one, you know, Dark Silky is, you know, granddad's pipe in the morning, you know, it's that so that the illicit <laughs> moment. And, and I've found it a really unexpected joy kind of getting into blending. And I used to do stuff with Glenn Fiddick, with, with David Stewart. And so I think there's, a, there's a, his fingerprints on the way we go at it, you know, so yeah. that, that we look for balance. We look for, we look to surprise and we always look for soft drinking hard spirits. So everything we do will have this soft mouthfeel, but it will be yeah. well above 40%. So, um, and, and actually, you know, we're, we're lucky that the, the, those whiskies are available. We can get to play with them. You know, yeah. I love, you know, Moira and I, Moira's from Zimbabwe and, you know, we, we spent seven years in Africa together. So um, we love cold, hot, you know, cold drinks. So we blend them specifically to work with ice as well. So, you know, that's kind of, there's a few purists on here who are probably <laughs> oh no, I love it. Anything, anything that's iced or cocktails or anything like that, I, I have to have ice in it. Yeah, um, you do. You, you do have an unusual cocktail. You've one that you've told me a few times. <laughs> that you, you said his lordship down here. This is his, this his right up his street. So what's he, what is it? Is this the football special? Is it, mm. the, yeah. So silky and and football special, you know, and football special, you know, with the, with the from a time when there were bottlers in all of the counties of of Ireland, you know. McDade's are still there. They're still going strong. Um, still got no artificial flavorings in, all natural flavorings. And it's, you know, McDade's football special is world famous in Donegal. So um, so we have a silky special. Uh, there's, a, I think, there's a couple of guys on Twitter who are big into bitter lemon as well. And Yes. Yeah, I like the bitter lemon. It works. It, it does work. It does work. You I like a slice of orange in it if I'm going to be a bit poncy. So, because uh, there's a nice orange note in the silky that comes out quite well. So, and we've got some finish ideas that we haven't had the space. I, I would have loved to have done another. I have had another idea that, that we were going to do instead of red silky this year, but haven't had the space to lay the barrels down. So, um, mm. you know, you've probably seen, you've been probably tortured on Facebook and with our kind of opening up states in America. But, you know, the business in America has just gone nuts this year um and we've got i think we've got agreements in 48 states oh, man. which well is done. which is really quite something and dave wood our, our, our sales director for the states he's a machine so um it's kind of given us a whole better class of headache frankly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I totally guess i honestly i i was doing tours the last couple of weeks um i was from I was where was the last week? Edinburgh. I was in Edinburgh. Never was done this last week. Yeah, and people from the US. Thank God for Americans. Yeah. <laughs> someone said. Someone said to me, "It's not. It's, it's kind of hard work doing a lot of the Americans." And at which point I point out, can you imagine going round with twenty five people from Ireland and a coach? 
Can you imagine? Yeah. Them all them all drunk me about twelve o'clock and punching the face off each other. But there's there's and there's things up, Marty, that happen here that happen because it's such a small place, really. And yeah. you know, the fact that we bought a house here off the internet when we were living in Hong Kong and we moved in and then found out it was my great grandmother's homestead. You know, now you can imagine that story with an American. It, it, the Americans just melt at that story, and it's and it's completely understandable because it, you know it's the serendipity of it's amazing. But actually, when you think about, it, you came home to a place. You know, it's five kilometers from where my mum and dad's house is, and yeah. you bought a house that happened. You know, it, it's not that unlikely, really. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a sort of a coincidence that's. Probably yeah. look at the maths of it. You know, it's, it's not that much of a coincidence. Well, so, um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, the the our place now is coming together really well. We've kind of done things inside that you know, when you come and see it, you'll see we've made it. It's probably a bit taller than it needs to be because I wanted to give you a kind of cathedral like feel that when people force you to look up at them. So we've mm-hmm. rooted pipes that could have gone through the floor. We've rooted them up through the roof because it forces you to look up and um so we've we've and we've done a few things that may be a little bit disney but you know well you know why not listen listen i absolutely love a gimmick I, I, all of that stuff works with me cliche like, sells know, the thing is there's all these people and they want to be different they want to be different and that's perfectly fine but yeah. there's a reason people like that kind of thing i love i love yeah. all that and whenever especially whenever you do it and you don't realize and then you for a minute and you go Oh, hang on, that's designed like that. Yeah. You know? We done. I mean, we did Blake's of the Hollow. Uh, whenever we were down there, Bernie Blake was explaining yeah. how she was designing things. She wanted to make little narrow places where people would come up and bump into each other. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah. And I love all that. I love yeah. it all. All of that's superb. And it's all about stories, really. And and you know mm. that's why I guess that's you know we call the our cask scheme Shanaki because it's a you know you buy a barrel because you want to tell a story, not because yeah. you want three hundred bottles. Um, and it's quite fascinating for me how you kind of don't realize you're selling a dream for so long and suddenly you've got some a big distillery there and suddenly everyone is like okay i like this idea now this is this might actually happen so there, there, um, there is a barrel uh, talk us through that barrel Jane. so that barrel there is actually a, it's used for the gin so when we age um when we age anduleman to make uh, duleman santa ana which is a barrel aged armada strength gin it's aged in rioca casks because they come from the commander of the Santa Ana, the ship that sank off the coast, is uh, was from Rioja. So that's uh, from uh, the Tonaleria Juan Pinto. They they make them up. For us, they bring them up. We bring them in in tens. So we bring in ten. And we do one batch of Santa Ana a year, um, because Red Silky has gone so went so well last time, and people keep torturing me with it. Um, we've got. Rioja and Ribeiro casks coming in and now I've got a warehouse that I can actually I've got space to <laughs> lay some more down in um so you'll probably we'll do some more things with with Silky now um uh, as we go forward and we'll do it in the same warehouse where all the Shanaki casks are right. lovely there's yeah. Frank Heron saying he cannot cannot wait to have a pint of Guinness and Nancy's, Nancy's. and then do the tour in the distillery yeah you can out of the, you'll walk out the garden at the back of Nancy's and you'll be able to walk over the footbridge to the distillery yeah well, look forward to that. Yeah, uh, so do I. Uh, now, you have the 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 release yesterday. Um yeah. Eighty euros a bottle for the. It's a cask strength version, isn't it? That's it. Yep. Now your cask strengths are cask strengths. There's no. There's no. no none no, of no. this. We don't make around. They change each one, so you you know that they are what they are. So I think yeah. this is sixty four point five. I've actually got 
the regular 46 bottling here. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got the 46s because I've, sometimes I've tried to, done this before with the cast strength where I forgot to put water in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's not, it drinks well, but... Yeah, you, yeah. It drinks well, but it will kill you. You could forget yourself quite quickly on it. Um, yeah, it's so, doing really well. There's a couple, I think it's about 20 or 5 or 30 left at the moment. So, yeah. um, But it was just, when I saw the wash still, I said, Mo, we've got to do something. I, and normally I kind of write a blog or something. I was like, oh, Jesus, you know, just let's go and bottle something, you know. <laughs> and she said, well, what? And I said, well, we did, we did Silky earlier in the year. Let's do Dark Silky now. And went, okay, let's do it. And it was the reason for the 22nd. Actually, my youngest son, who's 17, he was 17 yesterday, but it was also Moira, Moira's dad's birthday as well. But he, he died a few years ago, but it was kind of able to recognize him. So, you know, because some... Um, he would have been very chuffed with her and, and very proud of what she's doing and what she's achieved. So, Now, there's only a few bottles of it left, so anybody watching this, they, they correct me if I'm wrong, you do ship internationally, don't you? Well, so, no, it's only, it's Ireland, Northern Ireland only. If someone was in the EU, it's quite, it's more straightforward. The, mm -hmm. But but the UK, when we had all the crowd crowdfunding rewards that we sent out to people who invested, um, we had parcels six months later just sent back to us not even open hadn't even opened the paperwork and it was just like the customs had said too much hassle we're not interested yeah so um ridiculous. so at the moment the last lot we did for the uk it took us three months to get it through and get it cleared and um so we just said look, because this was last minute.com mm -hmm. it's northern ireland ireland only if someone's a real fan and they're, they're sitting in europe and they want it let me know and i'll work out we'll work a way of getting it to you yeah. it's uh it's, it's, it's the whole thing's crazy. There's, I, I don't understand how one one set of people can do this, the other set of people can't do this. They do this, and I mean, I was in, I came through Edinburgh Airport on Monday. Yeah, and I thought he got my hopes up. He got my hopes up. <laughs> no, I, what I told you was I would look for a bargain if I thought I could mm. see something of value. I'll get you. And I was going through, and the girl says, "Oh, you can only buy from these two wee eyes." Yeah, and I said, "Well, why?" He says, "Oh, because of Brexit." And I said, well, I don't understand how I can only buy from these two aisles a product that's made in the UK, that's being sold in the UK, and is ending up in the UK. So yeah. how can I not buy this stuff? And says, oh, Brexit. No, I've <laughs> no idea what on earth. We're not late. We're not going anywhere. No. So I don't, I don't know. But you I saw can't. that with the still. You remember when the st the when the stills were delivered, one got smashed, smacked into by the crane driver yeah. and um, had to go immediately back up the road. So that it was fixed within 24 hours. Yeah. But it took us five more days to get the paperwork sorted, to re-export it and then import it again. And and even this week with uh, taking the heat exchangers apart, we've had to make up spanners because the ones we wanted that were supposed to be sent in with the kit um, got stuck in customs because we had to pay 17 euros of extra VAT on them. I've got to say it, a spanner in the works. <laughs> <laughs> you had to, you had to, had to have Sorry, it. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just keep feeding the lines to you, Justin. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I think there's so much confusion that people haven't a clue what they're doing. They just haven't a clue what. And no one wants to make. Nobody official wants to make a mistake, and that's understandable. Well, I mean, that's that's fair enough. But yeah. I mean. It's just, it's just bonkers. They, they, they uh, just I annoyed. Say, uh, I was I annoyed. Would... I was annoyed on Monday. I was yes. very annoyed on Monday, and I didn't want to get cross at the, the, the lady that was serving me because I don't tend to do that. But I was a bit upset. I was like, 
Is that I would I would question their competency, but there you go. That's another the, story. The girls that serving you aren't the people making the decisions. Not not her, you know? not her. That's no. not who. So I, I I don't tend to get cross at these people. But anyway, yeah. Um, Donegal isn't in the UK, says Seamus Toby. <laughs> yes, but it's still an Ulster, so don't worry. I would trade I would trade you Donegal for South Armagh, even though I know people. <laughs> just, um, just leave me out of this conversation. All right, sorry, <laughs> My sorry, accent Jim. gets me into big sorry, trouble with Jim, this one. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> no, now you have the uh, the cast program coming up very shortly. That's it. So we'll we'll start active. We just recruited a guy to run it for us to lead it, for, um, which we're we're really excited about. We have six hundred casks, um, either single malt or or pot still. Um, but I have to point out that our pot still is non-compliant pot still. So uh, I expect it to be compliant <laughs> by the time it gets released. But it yeah. is uh, so our our mash bill is fifty thirty twenty so fifty uh, percent more thirty percent barley and twenty percent oats. Um, in fact, the, I can tell you that cask number one has gone yesterday because the barley was delivered by a Donegal farmer from Lifford who insisted on buying cask number one with his barley in it. So um, <laughs> so the pot it's still, not. but Sounds yeah, reasonable. <laughs> essentially um, six hundred casks, six thousand euros a piece. Um, the you you have single malt or, or pot still uh, in either a bourbon or a sherry cask. If you want something else, I'll work it out with you separately. Um, mm -hmm. But we but we you know it's ostensibly it's to try and keep it simple enough. On the website, you can see there's full transparency on all the bottling costs, storage costs, all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want it at the end of the five years, and you want to, and you've tried to sell it and you can't sell it, I will buy it back off you at a compound three and a half percent a year interest which is more than the bank's given you anyway wow <laughs> it's about 20 times more than the bank's <laughs> given anybody so banks so, don't give uh, anybody anymore yeah. charge you for keeping your money these days yeah so it's not an inv i mean the thing is for us it's not an investment you're part of the club you're part of just like your, your name goes around the base of the still um forever and you know you it's about being a part of the history and and it peated Pot still is, is you know, Pete and single malt and Peter pot still is kind of still a relative rarity in Ireland. So, yeah, it is. Uh, and for us, it's, a, it's absolutely crucial to financing the business. So, it's you, you know that you're keeping a business in the hands of the owners, not not the hands of a, a venture capitalist. Yeah. I, I mean, your range of products is, is admirable. I mean, thank you. You've had, you've had it is, I mean, the, the stuff that you've brought out is fantastically good i do have to say the cask strength stuff does blow you away a bit and it does take a lot of work there's a lot of yeah sometimes a bit of faffing about and you go nah, I've, I've overdone it or I've not. you've got to find the right abv for it you is, for sure and, and it is there's a lot of work yeah. but it's, it's half the fun i mean you don't buy you don't buy this to sit and have a, a drink of it overnight no. as such it's, it, it's, I think it's it's surprisingly versatile for a young mm. you know, they're young whiskies really and um so that versatility kind of is a is a curse as well because if I turn around and say look it's perfect at fifty two percent but I'm selling to it sixty four, put in you know thirteen <laughs> mils of water and it'll be perfect. It, it would be yeah. one thing, but I you know different people like it different ways. But I would always say ice because it it just dampens that heat for you. Yeah, yeah. you need to be Rachel Riley doing you know countdown <laughs> no to figure out right, seventeen and four. To, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah there it, are people it, better at it than me for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
but it is. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a superb stuff, and your range of products are great. The dark salty, I've, I'm a big fan of dark salty. I think it, I think it, it works in a way. You don't. I didn't expect it to work as well as it does, if I'm totally honest. And the pita in it is at a level where it uh, it adds complexity without ever being dominant. It just yeah. It, it plays along. It plays. It's almost yeah. like different instruments playing a, a tune. You know. That's um. I think there was a, qu- a quote that I, I heard from a much more eloquent man than me who said that you know the uh, if you look at a, an orchestra. So you have a lead violinist who's a virtuoso mm-hmm. in his own right. And you say, well, you know, he plays the violin. What do you play? And the orchestra says, oh, well, I play the orchestra. And, um, and the, the, that's the joy of a blender is you get to play mm-hmm. with so many things. And, and you also get to rule out certain things, you know, so you, yeah. go, you can go in there and go, actually, that just doesn't work for me. And, you know, don't, don't put that in front of me again. <laughs> I don't want to touch that. <laughs> but, um, and we've got a, we've got a new, a newer silky coming out. So, there's a, a we're going to dial up the peating again another level. So, the, so you've kind of got you know as some people call it now light, dark, and darkest. But they won't. That's not the naming. But it seems that everybody gives the, their own naming. So we'll see yeah. how we go. So hopefully that'll be out sort of maybe before Christmas, but probably into the new year. Yeah, so, it's there's there's a, that's a whole slew of new whiskies coming out. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean it's it's it's. Uh, and that new one from um, from Morris is let his Pete and Port is superb. So you know, he's, I haven't he's, I haven't tried it yet, but I will have to. Have, have to so I got a sneak. Uh, so there's some lovely there's some lovely things out there at the moment, and um, I've started doing more bottle sharing um, with guys, which is lovely because I'm getting to try things I would never probably yeah. wouldn't have bought on my own. So yeah, I've I've I I have a pile of miniatures here. That's why I'm, I do these. Um, whiskey reviews and I'm starting to go through miniatures because I just have a whole pile of them and I need to just I need to just do them you know um, no. and it's, it's finding the time a lot of the time but guys you, you must come down and see us you you know it's not far from you down to us so um, it's really you know, not even if it's not open it won't be open to the public till probably next May time we'll we've we've only finished the 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 production space all of the visitor stuff is not done at all that's just a shell so um but you know, drop us a line, and we'll make t- make some time. Well, we will definitely, definitely take you up on that. Um, Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Always is. Every time I've been talking to you, it, it's, it's oh, thank you. It's, I enjoyed it. It's oh, lovely. And I know you watch the show pretty much every week. And thanks very much for that because no. it's nice to nice to have your support. I just can't Keep beat Mark Kerr when he gets in before me every week. No, Mark Kerr, Mark Kerr beats everybody. He's like you see it. He's like you see him bolt of. of... <laughs> I, I actually don't know how he does it because I've actually do it. I, I, I stall it sometimes and start early, <laughs> and he still manages to do it. I don't know. He must have notifications set. Well, the only yeah. thing I will say is, Mark Mark was one of the, the, the people that got the trial for the, the job. No, but he's on 5G. He actually is on 5G. He <laughs> does have 5G in his house. I but he got, he got, he got the job, so he uh, he probably got an upgrade. Maybe the conspiracy theorists are all right. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, probably that's what they are right. I've got job twice and my internet's still crap. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, yeah. He's, he's, don't bring him then, because he might interfere with the with the broadband connection to the machines. Oh no, he'll upgrade it. Your printers <laughs> never will start working. <laughs> uh, uh, James, listen. Thanks very much, mate. And uh, keep up the good work and well done. Congratulations, no worries, man. Thank really you. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, guys. Take care. That's it for this week. 
remember to comment, like, and share. Watch it again on YouTube. It'll be up on YouTube by midnight tonight. And, well, uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Yes, uh, Connor Ryan, Michael Matthews. Uh, uh, who else is there? Patrick Motley saying hello as well. It's a wrap. Remember to tell all your friends and ask your smart speaker to play it on uh, <laughs> Irish Whiskey Review. And uh, You mean Alexa? Alexa, no, play it. Don't say Alexa. Don't say Alexa or Google. Or even if you have a, a Sonos, it will work on Sonos too if it's built in. But uh, lovely stuff. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for everybody for coming. I hope we asked, answered all your questions. And again, apologies about the technical difficulties. Can't be helped. It is the internet. And you know what it's like. It's like the clockwork orange. That's what it's like. <laughs> all right. Good night. <clears throat>